episode 5 of Viking 360. I'm Brian Johnson, joined by Mike Rubin. We're going to bring Viking fans up to date on winter sports action. You're going to be floored by our conversation with Steve Mullins. We'll chat about Ripley High's involvement with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And football fans across America were watching the annual Army-Navy game. We'll talk with a former Viking quarterback who was there. All of that and more on Viking 360. The Class AAA All-State team was released last Sunday, and the Vikings were uh, well recognized on that team. Uh, first team honors went to a Viking lineman. Yeah, Caden Keeler definitely deserving of that honor, Rube. He was uh, tremendous through all 12 games this season and a kid that uh, certainly garnered a lot of respect obviously from the coaches around the state of West Virginia. And we had two Vikings who were listed on the second team. Yeah, R.J. Evans and Andrew Dolan. And when you think about tailbacks, so many good tailbacks in the state of West Virginia, that is a huge honor for R.J. to, to um, come in in the second team. And also Andrew Dolan, one of the um, maybe most overlooked players on this team as far as what he accomplished and what he did for this team to make them better. A tremendous offensive and defensive lineman, and he will be missed. Very deserving for both of those guys. And the fourth Viking earned special honorable mention. Josh Kay, obviously uh, safety for the Vikings. He played back there, played that center field position on the football field for the Vikings for uh, three years. One of the hardest hitting guys, had a nose for the football, and uh, also very deserving of that honor. Former Viking quarterback Trevor Tucker was a familiar face on the turf at Memorial Stadium. He marched into another field recently, and that was for the Army-Navy Football Classic. This edition of Viking 360, I'm joined by former Viking football superstar and baseball superstar, now uh, attending the Naval Academy in Annapolis, Trevor Tucker. Trevor, thanks for being with us. Hey, thanks for uh, having me on here today. Hey, Trevor, what year did you graduate from Ripley? Was it uh, 2011, 2012? Oh, I graduated from Ripley 2015. Come on. 2015. Now. So yeah, I'm I'm way off here, man. Uh, tell us where you are now, man. We we know about uh, the um, um, Naval Academy and yesterday's big game. I think you were in attendance for that. So that's a game that, you know, from my perspective, something I've always loved to watch. Uh, just uh, the commitment from guys on both sides of the ball and what what you guys stand for and, and what that game stands for. Just talk about it from a uh, perspective of a guy who is involved right in the middle of it. Yeah, so uh, they bring all 4,500 of us up to the game, and I've been in attendance for four years, and it, there's a lot of pomp and circumstance surrounding it. We march on before the game, and uh, then we all sit together and, and cheer them on. So it's, it's kind of a unique experience when it's got, you know, America's game played by, you know, the, the service members. So the football team here goes through a lot. They do a lot of hard work on top of the really hard classes. So – um, the brigade really gives them a lot of support during the game. And it's a cool thing to watch because, you know, I'm a big football fan. So uh, just watching those guys get out there and compete and then be able to come together afterward and, and, and share some civil words is cool. Yeah, I, one of my favorite parts of it, Trevor, I know you guys were on the losing end of it this year, but to, just how civil it is after the game with the, the singing of, of the school song and, and all that, uh, doing it depending on who won and who lost, somebody goes first, somebody goes second. And just the respect, the mutual respect between the two academies uh, is something that I think we could all learn from. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, during the game, it's harsh, man. I mean, we're we're chirping each other back and forth pretty pretty rough. But 
you know, after the game, uh, we'll have a conversation with their team. And it's just, a, it's a good, it's, it's how a rivalry should be. You know, there's not a lot of ill will toward each team. Yeah, tell us about what it's like to be in the academy. Uh, I know myself as a, a former student athlete in college, I didn't have a whole lot of free time. I know uh, that uh, my time was pretty well scheduled out throughout the day. Yours uh, has to be on top of that uh, 10 times worse than anything I ever faced. I can't imagine what your day must be like. Just kind of walk us through an average day for Trevor Tucker. Okay, cool. So, Year to year, I mean, you have different different challenges. So this year, I'm I'm uh, my billet in the brigade is company commander. So there's 30 companies, and I'm like in charge of the sixth company. So we'll get up. We have formation every morning at seven. Usually there's workouts before at 5:30. You go work out, um, and then at seven we'll have formation, and afterward we have turnover with the officers on the campus. We talk about what's going on for the day, and then class will start like kind of a high school schedule. They'll start at 7:45, and we'll go to class from until lunch which we'll have another formation go down mandatory lunch at we eat family style in this big big uh big uh cafeteria and then the afternoon classes will kick off and then sports period comes around and you work out during that time or you swim or you run or lift whatever uh have practice or the intramurals are going on and then the evening time you have a speaker come and talk or you have uh meetings at six or seven with whatever job you're involved in and then homework kicks off, and we go to bed about you know, 11 or 12, considering or depending on your major and how much homework you have. Trevor, what what's, what is on the horizon for you once you finish your duties at the academy and graduate? Uh, you, I'm sure you'll be enlisted into the military. Wondering what the time frame will be on that. Just kind of tell us how that will all work out. Yeah, so uh, recently, November uh, 12th, I think, we had service assignment. So – you know, if you go to the Naval Academy, a lot of people didn't know this. I, I didn't know it when I came in. You can commission as an officer in the Marine Corps as well. So, um, you know, all, all 1,200 of the first class pick their job. You can do pilot, surface warfare, um, be on a ship. There's a lot of different things you can do. But I, I, I particularly chose Marine Corps. So uh, when I graduate in May, I'll go off that summer to Quantico, Virginia, and have a six-month uh, – basic infantry skills training and then you pick your job depending on how well you do at that school and then you'll go to your specific uh specialized training for that and then there's a five-year commitment following that and honestly when I first went in that commitment was kind of like well I'll pay my dues and get a free education but that's what I look forward to the most really uh just being able to lead someone in a really exciting job for a good cause is uh something I really you know am looking forward to doing that leadership aspect is built within you. I saw it following you in your sports career as a quarterback for the Vikings and also playing baseball, which you played uh, starred in that as well. I think you played mostly center field, but you were a leader on both of those teams and, and people just gravitated to you and followed you. Um, when you were at Ripley High School, was this – when did you realize, hey, I want to go be a part of the service? I want to go be in the service academy. Is it something that you grew up wanting to do, or is it just something that kind of came about over time? Yeah, I mean, I don't have a lot of family uh, as far as, like, my grandfathers or my parents weren't in the military. But um, I think that a lot of the virtues and uh, and qualities that are, you know, successful in the military I possess or was raised that way, I guess. So 
um, my mom was a school teacher and always wanted me to go to college. We didn't have, and I had to find a way to do it, you know, without having to pay a lot of money. So that's what initially got me interested in this school. Um, but that service piece and the hard work piece and the athletic piece that's inherently involved and working out and that kind of thing just drew me in. And, uh, I made a really good decision. I'm glad I did it. And I really don't regret it at all. Trevor, I mentioned an outstanding athlete at Ripley High School, but you were also an outstanding student. Uh, talk about how Ripley High prepared you for, I'm sure, an incredible course load that you carry now. Yeah, so um, I was – I always liked math, science, that kind of STEM. So I, I'm doing mechanical engineering up here. And there's definitely uh, a, a lot of classes that you take here that you wouldn't take at a regular school. Um, we have leadership uh, ethics, you have to take a PE every semester, martial arts, uh, just navigation, just stuff that you, on top of your majors courses and everybody graduates with a bachelor's in science. So, uh, my course load in Ripley, I took a lot of, uh, Miss Heckert's classes. I know she's been there forever, but, uh, and that really helped me. I mean, there's people that go to private school here and do a whole a slew of different educational backgrounds, but, um, I, I, I think Ripley High prepared me not only socially, but um, mentally to be successful here. I, I don't regret it at all. I think it was a great, great upbringing academically. Trevor, I've always looked at the military. You know, my father was in the Army. Uh, most of my family was in the Army. There was always a part of me that wishes I had joined one of the military's uh, branches of the military. I've always said if all of us were forced to be in the military for three years, this will be a better world. We would live in a better world. Uh, tell me how you guys view that, guys that are right in the middle of it. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that, that statement's got a lot of merit, and a lot of people talk about it because then people would have a similar uh, ethics code, and everybody would think the same way as far as things go. But one downfall that they always bring up about, like, a draft system or, a, a, a you know, a mandatory service system is – the force we have right now is a purely voluntary force. So there would be a lot more cynicism, I think, if people had to serve. So it's a, it's a scale, you know, it's a give and take. So people would have a lot, a lot more of an ethical and like a character background, but also I think it might detract from the quality of service members we have in the military right now, just because of the, the mandatory service they'd have to go through. Trevor, how often do you get home? Uh, I know I've seen you a few times. I worked out with you a lot this summer. Uh, uh, but, uh, tell the listeners uh, how often you make it back to Jackson County. Yeah, I, uh, so I'll, I'll come back Thanksgiving, Christmas for sure. Um, spring break, I've been going on trips, uh, with my roommates. We go, you know, travel around, but we get back in the summer for about a month. So we, every time that regular college is off, we usually get off, but we have a lot of obligations on the weekend. So as far as like weekend comes back, it's it's not as uh, feasible to do that, but I, I get home a, a good amount, and it's uh, it's always good to come back to Ripley. I mean, there's something about, you know, one of my the biggest things that sets me apart here, I think, is my background. There's not many people you don't you don't expect me you don't expect this, but there's not many people here that grew up in a small town and had a very tight knit community. Everybody knew everybody, and it it really helps me uh, relate to people, and it it's always good to get home. Trevor, you're kind of living the dream, aren't you? I mean, I've talked to you several times, and I follow you on social media and see all the trips you're taking and stuff. But I think as a, a, a young man in your mid-20s, you're, you're loving where you're at right now. Hey, I, I mean, I'm nothing but uh, thankful. I'm, you know, been really blessed because I get, I've got to do things that I've never had the means to do otherwise. I mean, there's definitely, 
Yeah, I mean, you heard me talk about my schedule. There's a definite um, sacrifice you're making with your time, but there's a payoff as well. You know, they send you to do some really cool things, and you get to meet some, you know, top-notch people. And uh, I, I've got nothing but thanks for the, for the taxpayer for helping me do all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor, thanks for your time, buddy, and, and most importantly, thanks for your service to our great country. Well, thank you all for supporting me through everything, and I love the community up there, and you all are doing really good things. You've been listening to Viking 360, and that was former Viking standout Trevor Tucker. The Vikings were looking for their first win on Wednesday night at Roan County, lost a heartbreaker 43-42, to battled back from a 10-point deficit after leading by eight with five minutes and 40 seconds to go in the ballgame. The Vikings eventually lost by one. They were led in scoring by Tobias Scholl with 12, Isaac Putnam with 11, and Isaac Robertson had 10 points. The JV won 47-24, and they were led in scoring by Carter Casto. Saturday morning, the Vikings will take on Taze Valley Christian in the FCA shootout. And Mike Rubin had a moment to sit down with one of the tournament directors, Tim Britton. Mike Rubin and my guest on Viking 360 is the director of the Area Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Mr. Tim Britton. Coach, thanks for being with us. It's a joy to be here with you, Rube. Thank you for the invite. We're going to talk a little bit about the basketball tournament coming up this weekend at West Virginia State. Yes. But before we get to that, let's talk about your relationship and how you got started with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Well, I guess with me, my beginning with FCA started, as I look back, probably when I was 15, I see where God was placing things in my life. Uh, uh, Mom uh, was uh, diagnosed with cancer and dad was out of the picture, but a couple coaches and, and their uh, wives, along with uh, some classmates and teammates came into my life and uh, FCA changed my life then. So uh, probably about eight, nine years ago, uh, I felt like God was calling me to FCA, but for three years I decided to stay where I was at being a youth pastor and, uh, but God convinced me uh, about three years later that uh, this is where he wanted me to be, to serve him and others through the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So I've been with FCA for about five years and loving every minute of it. And just tell me a little bit about uh, what the goal is for FCA. At FCA, our goal is to impact the world for Christ through the influence of coaches, athletes, sports, and all whom they influence. I know it says Christian athletes, but you don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to be an athlete. The gentleman who started FCA in 1954, Don McClannan, saw the impact sports had in the world at that moment and thought, how in the world can we use this platform to share Christ? So we've been using FCA since 1954 and in West Virginia since 1961 to share the gospel of Christ on and off the field and in and out of classrooms and it's been a joy to go into the public schools and uh, use this ministry and see what the young people, see how the young people grow in their faith and how they become great leaders. And Tim, just tell me a little bit about the FCA program here at Griffey High School. Who are some of the student leaders of that and what do they do? Here at Ripley High School, Coach Mike Bright is our uh, huddle sponsor. He, uh, they meet on Wednesday mornings at 7.30 in his classroom and pretty much every morning that they meet, uh, it's a packed classroom. Trenton Hilbert, uh, Jalen Hunt, uh, Taylor Kennedy, and Olivia Miller. The, the list could go on. And those are just a few names that popped to my head at the beginning. But there's many of these students here at Ripley High School stand out. Uh, 
Uh, a lot of these kids during, um, during our FCA game night were, was helping to collect canned food uh, for, the local, for a local food bank here in Jackson County. They've also passed out Bibles and community events. These young people at Ripley High School just step up and they do a fantastic job in our FCA club. They're just amazing to watch and just see their faith grow as they serve. Fantastic. Now let's turn our attention to basketball. I know FCA sponsors a huge event down at West Virginia State University. Tell me about how many teams are involved there and who the Vikings and Lady Vikings will be taking on this year. This is our 17th year, well excuse me, this is the 17th year for the FCA Hoops Classic. And as I said earlier, I've been with FCA five years. This is my fifth year going with it. But our state director, Keith Dollar, who was uh, an All-American at University of Charleston, uh, he's our state director and he heads this up. And he's, I think there's about 20, 24 teams uh, that's going to be coming in from all over the state, even one from Kentucky to play in this event. Uh, we just use, the, again, this platform to, to share Christ. We get, we get this opportunity to bring teams, teams in and use the FCA uh, platform. Ripley will be playing Saturday morning, the boys, against Taze Valley Christian School, not the prep school, the, the high school of Taze Valley Christian. And later on that afternoon, I believe at 3.30, the Lady Vikes will be playing St. Albans, the Red Dragons. So we're, we're excited. Ripley's been in our event uh, the last two or three years, and uh, it's just been a joy. And we have coaches from all over the state coming in. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's a real blessing to be able to watch these kids compete and also to, to share Christ through their athletic talents and abilities. And Tim, you had some experience against Ripley uh, athletes during your high school days. You were uh, a, a Sissonville Indian at one time. Tell us just a little bit about, about your high school experience. Well, uh, yes, I had a, had a few games. I, I will say this. During my high school career, I never in, in my junior and senior years, I never missed a foul shot at, at Ripley High School. So I was uh, 18 for 18 at, at Ripley High School. So the court at Ripley's been good to me. Uh, but it's, it was a joy to compete with people like Randy Anderson. Uh, and, and it was just a joy because Ripley always came out and played hard. Coach Marino uh, was an excellent coach. And I tell you what, it was fun to come out here and compete against the Ripley Vikings. We didn't, at Sissonville, we didn't come out on the uh, winning edge uh, or winning side of the scoreboard, but uh, I made a lot of friends through athletics here in Ripley High School. That's great. Our guest on Viking 360 has been Tim Britton of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Thank you so much, Tim, for what you do and for being with us on the program. Well, thank you, Rube, for, for again, for the invite and allowing me to come out and speak and share what FCA does. And uh, just glad to be a part of this great ministry and this great community. And thank you to all the Ripley people, the Ripley High School and Middle School community that allow me to come in and do what I do and allow me to be a blessing in some way, shape, or form uh, to Ripley High School. The Ripley Lady Vikings are 1-1 one one on the season, having split with Riverside and top-ranked Parkersburg. In their most recent game, Tessa Ray scored 12, Jalen Hunt added 11, Caitlin Sarver 7, and Taylor Kennedy and Lauren Rouse both adding 6. Next, the uh, Lady Vikes will take on St. Albans on Saturday afternoon in the FCA shootout at West Virginia State University. That will be their third straight game 
versus a MSAC opponent. The JV girls defeated Roan County by the score of 39 to 24 on Wednesday evening in Spencer. Rube, it's been a well-documented fact about the Viking uh, basketball floor for the ladies and the boys teams. A bit of an inconvenience. They've had some uh, reworkings of the floor there, but uh, you have an interesting story uh, that kind of puts it all into perspective. Well, it has been an inconvenience uh, for the teams, but actually back uh, from 1950 to 1960, uh, Ripley High went 10 years without having a home basketball game. They had built the new school, but they not had not added the, uh, the new gymnasium or the new auditorium. So they practiced and played their games at either Ravenswood High or Gilmore High. Welcome back inside Viking 360. I'm joined now by former Viking basketball coach and really probably one of my favorite coaches I had uh, throughout my career in sports, Coach Steve Mullins with us. Uh, coach, thanks for joining us. Well, I appreciate it, Brian. Uh, I guess you might have some questions about the gymnasium. I do. Um, that's kind of been the hot topic around Ripley High School. We had the deal with the with the football field before football season that kind of delayed the football team getting to work on the field uh, prior to the season. And we have that same situation now in basketball. We had a water issue, a water leak that apparently ruined the floor that uh, was existing there that I think you were going to refinish maybe at the time. But what ended up happening with, with all that once the, the water had damaged the floor? Well, it was uh, late August and early. I think it was late August. I had a leak in the uh, one of the locker rooms. Uh, one of the shy, uh, sprinkler system heads leaked. It was on the weekend. It, uh, of course, flooded the uh, locker room, then leached underneath the doors. Went out across the gym floor and uh, from one end to the other, and then, of course, it uh, caused significant damage. Uh, the floor eventually buckled, uh, run the flooring, uh, the sleeper system that was under it, and then uh, the administration and whatnot contacted uh, the insurance company, and then, of course, it was, you know, steps from there to, to get where we are now. Talk about that floor, Coach, and just how much more progressive that floor is from a design standpoint, probably the one that I think you said we're guessing it was probably put down in the early 80s. Yeah, when the uh, floor that was removed and the sleeper system underneath of it uh, we found some paperwork that indicated it was probably about 1983 that the uh, wood was installed uh, the, the, the last floor. And, of course, uh, we've replaced uh, uh, the subfloor with some uh, 5 eighths plywood, a rubber bumper system that goes under the plywood, and then the uh, first-grade maple on top. And uh, we've got it sanded. Uh, most of the artwork and the painting is done, and we're just getting down towards the finished coats. That little bumper system underneath, does that help guys like me be able to dunk it? Well, that's just kind of the uh, kind of the norm for the standard now, what everybody uses. It used to have a sleeper system under it where some of the boards uh, weren't actually attached to the floor. They were more or less floating, and you'd have a tendency to get some dead spots. But with this system now, it's – it's much solider on top, but then it has these rubber bumpers that gives the whole floor uh, a little bit of bounce, and uh, even you might, Brian, be able to get the <laughs> partial ram. Maybe the net <laughs> maybe is a little more accurate. Coach, um, talk about uh, 
the design of this floor. It's a little bit more progressive than the the design of it that we have, just far as far as a look is concerned. Uh, how difficult was that for you to deal with? Well, uh, fellas helping me, uh, Doug McGrew and his company, American Sanders. They uh, they got with administration and they put together some colors and artwork and whatnot, and had a print made. Uh, then we got some stencils made. We've got a, a Viking head in the middle, uh, which is a five-color uh, stencil, which is you know, actually it's really difficult to, to put down. Uh, we've got a four-and-a-half, five-foot border all the way around it in blue. Uh, there'll be Ripley and white across both ends, and then there's a uh, the word Vikings in the lane uh, facing the foul lane. Uh, it's uh, It's... Very unique. Uh, plus, we got uh, we pickled or white stained the three-point area uh, inside the three-point area, which is again there's there's just a lot of time to try to get all this to come together because you've got uh, a lot of different colors touching other colors, and it's just it's just a long, drawn-out process of letting things dry. When exactly did this start, Coach? And what would you guess? How many days a week? How many hours a day have you been working since uh, then? <laughs> I don't know. It's we. I think we actually started the tear out mid-October uh, to get to the concrete. Uh, we've been there four to five days a week, going on for what is this now? Uh, six weeks? I'm not approaching six. Five weeks. So it's actually went pretty quick. Uh, uh, just a lot of manpower and a lot of labor, and now everything's uh, kind of slowed down because you're doing all the finish work. How the finish work is probably the most tedi tedious work, like when you're finishing a home and you got to put the, the all the uh, finishing touches on the inside of it. It probably mandates how many hours a day you can actually work on it because you got to allow things to dry and to cure and all that good stuff. Right. The, this floor, especially, like I said earlier, the where you have colors touching colors, the gym floor had to be uh, taped three different times because you would have to tape it stain one of the colors, stop the stain, pull the tape, retape it, and then tape, bring your other color back to it. So, you know, typically you tape the floor once, but this is, a, this is you know, the way that the gym is laid out, it's taken uh, three different tapings uh, where you have to put the entire cord on the end tape, the two inch, all your two-inch lines and whatnot. Now, in theory, Coach, you're retired from teaching, so you're retired, right? But are you working more now than you did when you were teaching? Well, yeah, you might say that. It's, uh, yeah, I think everybody's decided when uh, that w w found out that I'd retired, it was time to call me. So I enjoy it. It's it's good exercise for me, and I, I really like to see the come kind of the beginning to the end project. And this is this is going this is going to be special. Probably kind of like an artist uh, painting a painting. They start with a blank canvas, and then when they're finished, they have this piece of artwork. Uh, to me, this type of work is the same type of work. It's really tedious, and really, you have to have a, an eye for how it's going to look when you finish. Yeah, you got to kind of envision where you are, and it's it's, it's really a step by step process. You can't get in a hurry with it. You can't force it. Uh, like I said earlier, and you mentioned too, Brian, that you know you've got to let the first uh, step of the, the the painting or whatever it is dry before you can come back and do the the second or if it, especially if it's touching it so it is a step-by-step -step process and you know that probably taken uh, we're right at about two weeks after we've got it sanded uh, to get all this the artwork and the painting done you mentioned it being special uh, 
how special is it going to be for you to sit down in that gym, come watch your son coach on the floor that uh, you helped finish? And I've seen a sneak peek of it, and it is beautiful. You did, you guys did great work. What's that going to feel like for you? Oh, it'll be special. But we had a graduate at Ripley High and coaching uh, basketball some, uh, which I did for several years. And uh, I just think, you know, I have I've done several floors in my lifetime uh, in my business. And I've not seen one quite like this yet uh, because of the combination of the pickled stain and the six different colors that are on it. And we even stained the, the main section of the floor. It, it's maple, which is a white color, but we added some stain to it to darken it slightly because that's what uh, the administration and, uh, wanted. Coach, before I let you go, let's talk personally a little bit. You get to watch Derek coach now. Um, I mentioned earlier you were my freshman basketball coach. I wasn't very good at basketball, but you made it fun for us. We played hard. We didn't win a lot of games, uh, which wasn't your fault. It was our fault. We knew that. But what is it like to watch your son coaching now and, and kind of taking up the same uh, path that you took? Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that. Uh, watching him coach and watching him play is two totally different animals. Uh, I felt like when, when, when you watch your son play, believe it or not, you're – I'm more, I guess you into it or nervous watching him coach than I was when I was watching him play because you felt like you had a little bit of input to it. But now that he's kind of uh, got his feet wet and coaching, and he'll come to me and I'll give him a little bit of advice here and there. But he's going to be a good coach. Uh, he's learning uh, just like you know anybody that's in their 20s. But uh, I'm really proud of him, and uh, I, I think he's got a good future here at Ripley High. Got a little more calm demeanor on the bench, coach, than I remember you having. Would you say that's a fair, uh, a fair assessment? Yeah, I think he probably used to hear some of my war stories about things I might have done that probably shouldn't have when I was coaching. So I think he's probably decided that's not his. Of course, his personality's not like that. He's uh, pretty mature and uh, kind of laid back. But uh, and I probably, when I was coaching, got a little more irritated and it caused me not to do some things with the kids on the court that I should have but uh, I'm hoping he'll do a little better job than what I did at that that's the reason I got out of coaching because I realized I was doing that for sure but no uh, coach thanks for the time and let me just be one of the first to tell you the floor looks outstanding and I think as the season wears on you're going to hear that from a lot of people well, I appreciate it and I appreciate the opportunity to speak to one of my old players Thanks, Coach. You've been listening to Coach Steve Mullins on Viking 360. Coming off a fourth-place finish in the John Marshall Wrestling Invitational, Coach Matt Smith's Vikings defeated Preston 66-15 and Buchanan Upshur by the score of 48-33, losing to McGuffey, Pennsylvania, East Fairmont, who is number two in AA, and the host Monarchs, who are number seven in AAA. This weekend, they head to North Canton, Ohio. That's a wrap for Episode 5 of Viking 360. Remember, if you like what you're hearing, make sure you hit the subscribe button and turn on your notifications. For Mike Rubin, I'm Brian Johnson. Thanks for listening. We'll see you around.